So, I remember my best Christmas as a kid. I was 10 years old. Uh, my, I have an older brother, David, who's two years older, so he was 12. Uh, I, I have a sister who's older and, and yet another older brother. And, uh, and, and it was this, it was, I was 10 and 12, and, and David and I shared the same room. And, and in my family, we were so excited about Christmas. And we, we had these traditions that we did. And one of the things that, uh, on, because Christmas morning was so crazy, uh, Mom and Dad had a set rule. You can't come in the living room until 7 a.m. And so that night, you can imagine, uh, David and I couldn't sleep. It took us forever to go to sleep. We woke up early. And when we woke up, we ran into our sister Debbie's room, and we woke her up. And it was way too early, but we woke her up. We stayed in her room, and we waited. And at 7 o'clock, we busted out the door. We ran downstairs, woke up Brother Steve, Otto's brother, and we all went upstairs for Christmas. Very excited. Now, as we got to the tree, I noticed that, you know, there weren't as many boxes as normal. I mean, we, 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 didn't, we were pretty meager growing up, and, and we did well, and we were taken care of, but, but we noticed there weren't many boxes, and we sat down, and then Mom and Daddy started handing out gifts. And so here's how it worked. We'd hand out gifts, and they'd go, all right, on three, one, two, three, and then you'd rip into your gifts, everybody at one time. And so as the gifts were being handed out, I noticed, and David noticed, that we only had one box under the tree, and quite frankly, it wasn't very big. And, and so we're, you know, I'm wondering, what in the world's going on? I mean, this is Christmas, supposed to be several gifts under there, one box. And so uh, and one, mom and dad got all the gifts out, one, two, three. We all ripped into this box. And me and David, we opened, he opened his box, I opened my box. And inside my box was a note that said, go to the kitchen. Now, I went to the kitchen. David went to the kitchen. We bolted into the kitchen. And there in the kitchen, we saw more boxes. And we ripped into those boxes. And, the, and then those boxes said, go to the landing in the stairwell. So we had this two-story house, and there was a little landing in the middle. And we literally leaped down that first flight of steps, hit my shoulder into the wooden door. Uh, Dave was a little bit more agile than I was. And, uh, and we found our boxes, and we ripped the boxes open, and it said, uh, go look in the rocking chair in the den, which was downstairs. Now, we couldn't jump down the steps because of the little lower hanging there, and we'd have busted our heads. But we went downstairs, and in that chair was a poster board that had a big arrow on it pointing towards the basement door. And we looked at that, and we knew immediately, bam, and we busted through the basement door, nearly, nearly pulled it off the hinges as we went, ran through, and there in the basement were two bicycles. And we were so excited that we got bicycles that year for Christmas. Now, I say that to say is that the sign in the rocking chair pointed us directly to where we wanted to go. My name is Doug. I'm one of the pastors here at Next Level Church. Thank you for hanging out with us today and, and becoming part of our conversation. We're starting a, a brand new series simply called Merry Christmas. And, and I just wonder, I just wonder, have you ever looked for signs before? 
I mean, I, I don't know if you have or not. I, I mean, he, here's some signs that, 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 that you might be thinking about uh, in, in working out. You know, some people will go, if things work out just right, then, then I'm going to do whatever that is. But everything's got to work out. And so the working out is the sign. Things work out, I'm going to do that. Uh, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, man, if that girl said hey to me, that meant she liked me. Yeah, that was a sign for sure. Um, and, and then sometimes it's if I get everything paid by the end of the month, then that's a sign that I'm supposed to go out and buy this thing that I want. Now, I do know some people that uh, they're wanting to buy something and then they get uh, an advertisement in the mail for a new credit card and go, oh, that's a sign. I'm going to go buy that. Well, I don't really recommend that, but... Some people take that as a sign, as a sign. But did you know that several thousand years ago that there were some guys who were looking for a sign and they found the sign and it led them to what they were looking for? I mean, I think that'd be really neat to to be able to go, I'm looking for this. And I'm looking for a sign, and when I see that sign, it's going to lead me right to where I want to go. Now, we're at the Christmas season, right? And, and Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, right? I mean, that, that's what Christmas is about. And so the first Christmas was the actual birth of Jesus. And in that, there were these guys who we know as wise men or magi, and they were considered by the Jews to be irreligious people. They were on the outside. They were people who didn't count. They, they didn't matter. They, they, they were just simply, the, the Jews used the phrase called Gentiles. That was a word that if you weren't a Jew, you were a Gentile. You weren't God's chosen people. You were on the outside looking in. And these outsiders, these what they would consider irreligious people, were looking for a sign And they found the sign, and they were following that sign. Now take a look at what they said when they arrived in Bethlehem. Hey, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star. They were looking for a sign. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, most people believe that these magi, these wise men, were Zoroastrian in their faith. And most people would call them religious people, though the Jews wouldn't. And, and, and there was a, a prophet that prophesied about this and that it was within their teaching and that's why they were looking for the sign. It was revealed to somebody outside of the Jewish faith that this was going to take place. That's real irony. And they came and they saw the star and they've come to worship him. Now, again, these people were outsiders and they were looking for this babe. And so here's my question. Why weren't the Jewish people, the religious leaders looking for this newborn king? Why weren't they looking? Why, why in the world weren't they looking? If, if somehow a, a faith other than the Jewish faith had within their prophecy about 
this baby, this newborn king being born, then how in the world were the religious leaders not looking for this newborn babe? Now, you might be saying, well, what's all the fuss about the newborn babe? What's the big deal? And, and again, we're asking the question, why in the world weren't the Jewish leaders looking for it? And you'd have to go all the way back to 742 B.C., approximately. 742 B.C., there was a man named Isaiah, and Isaiah was a prophet of God. He was in the Jewish faith. He was a prophet of God, and a prophet is somebody who spoke uh, for the Lord, or the, the Lord spoke through him. I know that sounds really weird, but just hang with me, okay? And, and in this, he foretold of a prophecy, and it says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So let me get this straight. The Jewish leader, this was in 742 B.C., 742 years later, the Jewish people are under oppression from the Roman government. They have leaders that they did not, who do not represent their interest. They did not elect in the office. And they're, and, and, they're, and they're over them and in control of them. And I don't know what the economy's like, but, but best from what I've read, it was a pretty tough life that they were living. And you're telling me they're not looking for wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace? Sure. That's exactly what they're doing. They're not looking. They're not looking. But I think the better question might be this. Why are we not looking for a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace? Now, if you go back and try to understand this Isaiah passage, this piece of scripture in, in Isaiah, you kind of need to read it in its, in, in its context, and, and, and that's very important. So you kind of got to jump back to chapter 8, you got to read chapter 9, and really fully understand the impact of this babe being born. And so it's, it's actually summed up, <clears throat> excuse me, in chapter 8, verse 22. And, it, and, and it, at the tail end of this, this is where the summation. I didn't put all the, the chapter 8 in here because it describes all this stuff that's going on. And they get to it and they say, And they will look to the earth and see only distress, only darkness, and fearful gloom. And they will trust, and they, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. So in the context of this, in this prophetic saying, which had application for when Isaiah was speaking, but it also had application for in the future, 742 years later, the Jewish people find themselves in distress, 
And in darkness, trying to figure out what in the world is going on, they're in fearful gloom, they have no hope, and they are thrust into utter darkness, utter hopelessness. And that's where they find themselves around this prophecy. So, here's the question for you. Does this sound like your life right now? Now, I don't know if it does or not. I mean, do you look at your life and, and the pressures of life are so consumed upon you, you have no idea what to do. The anxiety level is so high and you're, and you're trying to figure everything out. You're turning to everything to, to, to find relief and to find anxiety. And, and some things are good and some things are bad. And we're filling this void. Are you fulfilled? Do you feel joy in your heart and in your life that's satisfied beyond the circumstance around your life? Man, I think that's a great question to ask ourselves. We have a tendency here within the United States, at least, to buy to make us feel better. We go out and we buy food to feel better. We buy things to make ourselves feel better. Some people go out and, and they purchase stuff to feel better, to fill this empty void, and they think that, that life is being fulfilled. And I wonder if it's this. I mean, is it the distress and the darkness and the fearful gloom and the utter darkness? Is that where we find ourselves? I mean, is that what our screen time is given to us? Is that what our circumstances in life are giving to us? I think it's interesting of what this child was going to bring. Now, you'd have to go back and you'd have to read chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And, and our time doesn't allow us to go into all of those scriptures and to look at all those. But I want to highlight a few ideas that are in verses 1 through 7 that's really important. Now, you have the ability to go to Isaiah. Here's what you do. You take a Bible. You can take a Bible. Or if you have your phone, pull up your phone on the, if you have that Bible app. And you can simply uh, type in Isaiah. Or you go to the table of contents. And you look for Isaiah. And it will tell you what page it's on. You flip to that page. And there you'll find it. It's not hard. And you look for chapter 9. And, and each book is divided into chapters. And chapter 9 is what you need to be reading. And in that, there's some things that this baby, this is where all the fuss about this baby is all about. Because here's what this baby is going to usher in into the world. Take a look at this. Why is he so important? Because, according to verse 1 of chapter 9, there will be no more gloom. When this baby is born, when this baby comes into the, the world, there's, a, there's an opportunity for there to be hope. There to be a, a, an outlook on the future that is incredible. Uh, despite life circumstance, despite what happens around us, there is no more gloom because of this baby. Because of this baby, there is light instead of darkness. Darkness, it, 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 there's a phrase that I use, anything that's in the dark is super scary. 
And if I can keep it in the dark, it's fine. But when we expose it to the light, we have no more fear. He's going to bring light. This baby is going to bring light into the world to give hope, to give direction, to give purpose. Verse 2, if you jump down and read verse 4, you're going to see that there's going to be freedom and fulfillment. Freedom from, from being a slave to being in bondage. And I don't know about you, but I talk to a lot of people that just feel enslaved to anxiety. I have so much anxiety. I have so much worry. I have so much pressure. I have so much issue. There's so much stuff going on. Life is so hard, and, and, there, and I need freedom and fulfillment there's so many people that I talk about they, they just feel empty they have, they have money they have resources uh, they have things in life and this babe brings fulfillment verse 7 a whole new outlook wow a brand new outlook that, 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 that permeates all perspectives. That, that, that because of that perspective allows us to have a whole different view of this world and of, the, of eternal life. Life here and now. Life eternal. You may ask, how in the world can some baby bring all this stuff? How in the world can, can some baby usher in all these things? And it summarizes it in verse 7. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. It is something that only God can do. Here is the distinction between Christianity and all other religions, between the, we who as followers of Jesus find the hope because we rely not on what we can do, not on our own efforts, not on our own ability, not on our wisdom, not on our strength, not on our resources, but we, remind, we rely on the Lord Almighty because at the end of the day, it's something only God can do. See, remember we read earlier that he was wonderful. That this baby was going to be wonderful. He's going to usher in wonder. Man, that, this is wonderful. This is, this is the greatest thing in the world. This is, this is so cool and so awesome. He is, he is wonderful. He's counselor. He has great wisdom and great insight and great understanding. This baby was going to usher in all this wisdom to, to be able to, to impact people and lead people and help people and guide people and to, to, to counsel them, not just to, to, to overcome grief and despair, but, but to relieve anxiety and to usher in hope. This baby, newborn baby, is a mighty God, all-powerful Almighty, not conjured by human strength or ability, but by God. He, he is the Father. He is, he is the Father. The Father is, is the Father, and He is the Father. I know that sounds complicated, but, but, but Father God, Father, Heavenly Father, Son, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, three entities but one. 
though born in human flesh, he was fully God. He is the Prince of Peace. I know more people today that are looking for peace in their life, in their mind. They're trying everything to find peace. They're trying everything to find identity. They want to know who they are and, and what they're all about. And, 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 they're, and they're trying all things. I think it's interesting that Jesus said this about himself. In John chapter 10, 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's what Satan does. He's a liar and the truth not in him. He's a deceiver. And, and the Satan only comes to steal and kill and destroy. What does that mean? That's darkness. That's gloom. That's despair. That's anxiety. That's I, I don't know who I am. That's loss of identity. Jesus said, I have come that you may have What's that? Life. May have life and have it to the full. This is what Jesus did. He gave it full and meaningful life. Right here, right now. Full and meaningful life now, today. Despite all the junk that's going on in our lives. All the stuff, all the hardship, all the heartache. If we're going through death, if we're going through family issues, if we're trying to figure out who we are, Jesus said, I've come that you can have life. In the middle of all that, you can have life and you can have it to the full. Right here, right now, in the here and in the hereafter. So, if Jesus is this wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace, if he's all that, here's a question I think we need to answer. If I'm looking for Jesus, why can't I find him? Maybe not the question you thought I was going to ask. Well, some of us are looking for Jesus, and we can't find him. And, and I just, to be as transparent as I can, I'm always going to be honest, but to be as transparent as I can, there are no silver bullets here. There's not, if you'll do this one thing, you're going to see Jesus. If you try this, everything's going to be fine. No. There are no silver bullets. And it's a very difficult question to answer. But I do have some encouragement. Some things I want to encourage you to do to be able to see Jesus. So the, the sign, the sign you're looking for, looking for hope, looking for peace, looking for fulfillment, looking to get out of darkness, looking for light. This might help you see the sign. First thing to do is to pray. I know you're going, yeah, yeah, I knew. There you go, being all churchy. But no, I'm serious. It doesn't matter whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. If you just started every morning and, and said something like this, Jesus, show me where you are working today so that I can see you 
and join you. Show me where you're doing something. Help me to see you today. Pray that prayer. Jesus, so pray it. Just talk to God. It's just all prayer is, just talking to God. You get up in the morning and you go, God, Jesus, help me. Open my eyes that I can see you so that I can see you and join in what you're doing. And I believe that over a period of time, when we get up that, get up in the morning and we create that and we go through our day, help me, Jesus, to see you, to see what you're doing, that I can join you. See, that's the big deal. Because sometimes we want this sign, but we don't want to join him. The Magi were looking. And because of that, they changed their lives. They packed up, they left their homes, they left their families, and they followed that star. They changed because of that sign. Pray. Pray something like this. Another thing we can do is read the Bible. I know, you're going, yeah, that's that preacher talking again. No, it's, just, it's not. Listen, don't make a big deal of that. When, and you're going, well, where in the world am I supposed to start? Starting a book entitled Mark. So here's the deal. The Bible is broken down into books and chapters. There's books called Old Testament, books called New Testament, and inside each one of those books are chapters. And so if you open your table of contents and you look for Mark and you find that page number, you can go directly to Mark and you can start reading. Mark is called a gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. That's all it is. And start reading Mark. You don't have to read a chapter a day. Maybe it's only a couple of verses a day. You know, for me, it's a couple years. It's been, I'm on uh, about a year and a half now. I just, I, I, I mean, I read the Bible through every year for, gosh, 30 some odd years. And I just was feeling like I needed, I, I don't know, felt like I just was, there was something that wasn't there. I don't know. I can't describe it. And I just said to myself, why in the world can I hang out with Jesus for three years? Why can't I do that? And so for me personally, I just started a personal journey, and I started reading through the Gospels for three years. I'm about a year and a half into it. And so, yeah, you can get Mark, and then you could go on to, to, to Matthew and to Luke and to John and then start reading them all over again. But it's not like, oh, man, i got to do this in a year. Oh, no, i got to read the whole Bible. No, no, no. I mean, because here's the deal. If I want to do what Jesus said to do, Jesus said a wise man is somebody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And the only way that I can put them into practice is know what Jesus said, Right? And so, here's what I do. I'm reading about Jesus. So start in the book of Mark. Pick that up. Just start reading. See what Jesus says, and then try to apply that to your lives. Where is it that, that, what is it that God wants me to do based on what I just read? Might be something really small. Might be something really big. I don't know. But I'm looking for Jesus. Here's another thing. Hang out with other believers. I'm going to quantify it just a little bit. 
Believers who have a kingdom of God perspective. There's some believers who don't have a kingdom of God perspective. I'm just, it just is. They don't think about the kingdom of God. They don't look at the worldview. They're, they're engrossed in, in, in what's going on right here, right now. They don't have a, a kingdom of God perspective on life. I want you to find people who have a kingdom of God perspective. That is, that, that they see life through that lens. They're not all, they don't go live in some ivory tower somewhere. But, but they don't get overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. The, the, the politics of the day, the economy of the day, the things going in the world, the wars that are taking place around the world, things that are happening do not seem to impact those kind of people. Why? Because they have a kingdom of God perspective. It's the person who, that I saw sitting in the auditorium last week. And we were singing a song. And she was giving praise to God. Despite the fact that her first husband died. She had opportunity to be in relationship with, with, with a wonderful man for six years. And he died. Recently. And she's praising God. How does that happen? Kingdom of God perspective. Hang out with those kind of people. I think another thing we can do is care for someone. Help somebody out. Care for someone by putting their needs before your very own. Here's what happens. When you give love away, which is what you're doing when you care for somebody, when you give love away, you look more like Jesus than any other time. If you want to look like Jesus, if you want to see Jesus, give love away. Now, again, I'm not going to tell you that if you go out and do all these things, everything's going to wrap up and be all in line. No, these are just examples of, of ways to position yourself. If you're looking for signs to be in the right position to see a sign that can bring you hope in the midst of gloom, that can bring light in the midst of darkness, that can be fulfillment, in the middle of emptiness that it can bring wisdom and direction in life where there's chaos. Because that's who Jesus is. Because he said it. I came that you can have life and have life to the full. This list isn't, is, is not exhaustive. It's not. Take a step. Take a step, and who knows, maybe this Christmas will be the best Christmas ever. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that, that you care for us. We thank you that you love us, and you're pursuing a relationship. And you, uh, yes, you do use signs. You certainly do. Maybe they're not the ones we, we think they are. And so, Lord, help us because some of us are really looking. Some of us are looking for signs, and our problem is we are looking in, in all the wrong places. We are. And we need to see you. Lord, I pray for everybody who is participating in this online event. 
that all of us, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, that we would seek your signs to find your hope in Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for being with us, sharing with us. And it is my prayer for you that, that you, this Christmas season, that you would find wonderful. What is wonderful? That you would find counselor. That you would find the mighty God. That you would find the eternal Father. That you would find the Prince of Peace. Because at the end of the day, my prayer for you is that as you're looking for signs, that you would see Jesus. Now, if this message has impacted you in any way, shape, or form, we would love for you to share this uh, on your social media platforms. Like us, share it, because other people just like you need to hear it. And if you were impacted by this, here's what you need to know. People have given so that this ministry could take place online. And you too can give. You can see all that information on the screen. But you can go to our website and click give. And you'll be able to provide this resource for other people to experience life change in Jesus. Now, if you think you found Jesus, I encourage you to message us, email us. You go to our website. You click, go to scroll to the bottom of the page, and there you'll find a link to contact us and let us know. We'll come alongside of you, and we will encourage you in your new faith in Jesus. It's my hope and prayer that you guys have a great day and a great week. Thank you.